hello, Governor. We may be pathetic, but at least we're not Anthony Birch. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hello, the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And, um... It's uh, it's going to be an interesting episode because usually when we record, I don't know if we're like cursed or something, but whenever like we stop recording an episode for the week, the major news breaks out. Like, yeah. I, I noticed that whenever we stop recording for a week, all the major news comes out. So to play catch up this week, we're recording on a Sunday. We usually don't record on a Sunday, but uh, today has been an, and you know, today we, we kind of had to record today because um, some of the stuff will be dated by next week. Week, so you know, yeah, it's it's kind of it is what it is. But oh boy, do we got a lot to talk about today? Well, where do you want to start, though? Um, you want to get Sonic Forces um done with first, <laughs> or do you want to save that for for, for the finale? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about Sonic Forces because uh, bottom line, I liked it. It's not perfect. It has its problems, but for what it is, it's a good game to play to pass the time. Yeah, I would argue that. I think this um. Probably on the same level, I would say, as um, Sonic Lost World. Um, after it had its um, fixes in the patches, it's on that level. Basically, I think it's better than Lost World in in the in technical sense. But it's one of these games that I feel like it needed like an extra few months of polish just to perfect some tiny, tiny little stuff. I would say I'm gonna say this right now. Um, I don't like the Sonic fandom. And Mila, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that I like this game just because I, that just because it's like some part of revenge scheme of me to, to piss <laughs> off the Sonic fandom. Cause someone, cause people actually believe that. They actually believe that I like this game because I wanna get back at the Sonic fan base. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. You know, can, can I just like, cause here's the thing with me, like, here's my history with modern Sonic. I like Generations. I think Generations is a good game. I wanted this to be like Generations, but it isn't. No. And I, I like the daytime stages in Sonic Unleashed. And that's that's the only two positives I can think of when it comes to modern Sonic. So I don't I don't I don't hate the franchise like a lot of people think I do. I think I, I mean I'm kind of one of those people who thinks that there's a lot of potential for modern Sonic, but Sega, but Sonic Team keeps dropping the ball constantly, and and this time it, it this time it was no different. But this time, you know, I can I can see what they were going for at least. It wasn't like I've... it wasn't like the past couple of years where they were shackled to Nintendo and had to shit out a couple games for the Wii U just to stay relevant. I would agree with most mostly what you said. I think there's some stuff like, for instance, I think Sonic. Colors was a very good game as well. Um, structurally made, it's probably one of the better Sonic games that's come out over the year, along with Generation. Those two of the games, Colors and Generation, are two of the arguably the best modern Sonic games to date. And it, even in the advertising for Sonic Forces, it even says from the people who brought you Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations in their advertising slogan. So Sega recognized that. At those, those are two really good, solid, modern Sonic games. The problem, I think, with Forces is that it was rushed. Um, it had a lot of content that it didn't need it. It needed content that needed to be added. Um, it feels a bit like a hot spot. I feel as if Sega's, Sega's slash Sonic team are running out of steam with Sonic. Like, they can make the games, but I think there's, they need new blood, essentially. They need someone new. They need a new team. Like, for instance, um, Sonic Mania that came out earlier this year. That's a whole entire new team working on that game. And it shows and it feels really, really good. And I think the franchise got to the point that it needs new blood. It needs new people working on the games. I'm not saying this game is bad. I just feel that this game feels as if that Sega is showing that Sega running out of steam in that sense. They just need new people on their team or they just need a new sister company to support them and help them make the games for them. I think the problem is, is like, they kind of, again, I hate to bring up Sonic Boom again, but it, it, it really pissed, the thing that pisses me off the most about that game is that for the first time ever, they had a 3D Sonic game that was developed by someone other than Sonic Team. Yeah. And they fucked it up. Yeah, it didn't help with exclusivity to Nintendo. And also, if you... I think it's all online now, but if you look around online, you can find original footage of the original gameplay footage and tests, recordings and stuff like that. Originally, Sonic Boom, The Rise of Lyric 
was going to be making the Cry Free engine. And for those who don't know what the Cry Free engine is, just look up Cry Free, the game itself. Oh my God, the game graphics for that game are insane. They are beautiful looking. And when you look back at some of the earliest trailer footage and also some of the test footage that leaked online and stuff like that, or the character models and some of the level designs and stuff like that, it looks beautiful. But the problem was that the Wii U did not have the processing power to handle the Cry Free engine on it. Or even to accept it. Yeah, and and I think the problem is is like, and we talked about this last time in that uh, people from Red, Big Red Button said that they left that they left development while they were still in development. Yeah, because they didn't like the fact that they were told that they could not use the Cry Free engine. They didn't like that the fact they were told that it's exclusive to Nintendo, which they were not told about at the start of development. If they did, I think only the higher-ups at Big Red Button knew about it, and that's about it. And the rest of the employees that worked on the game so hard and got all this stuff made was told, okay, you're going to scrap it and start from scratch again within this new engine. It's a bit of a joke, and they had to rush out a game, and... Sega wanted to rush that game out because they wanted to get away from that um, free deal exclusive game contract, and it was obvious. And then they just shout out, they spent the last two years shitting out shovelware with Mario and Sonic, and uh, what was it, those two 3DS games for the uh, Sonic Boom. DS. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just feel that this is a complete hot potch of a mess of what's been going on with Sonic as a light, and it does show when you do give the franchise to some new developers, um, again, going back to Sonic Mania, I think it does work, and it shows, and Sonic Forces, I think it's one of those games that I can play, I can enjoy it, I did enjoy it, um, I just feel that overall, it just needed some more work on it, or just needed new new people working on it. I think the main problem is it's simple, they rushed this out for the Christmas sale. Yeah. They always do this. They always rush a game out during the fall to capitalize on the Christmas ho- on, the, on the holiday season. And I I hate it when they do that because they release a game and it's clearly it clearly needs work. Like I, again, I think hands down the worst things about this game are the classic Sonic stages. Like they handle yeah, like did... they handle like complete shit by the way. Even worse than Sonic 4, which I never thought was possible because Sonic 4 handled like complete shit. This is worse than Sonic 4, which I yeah, because what I mean, when I remember playing classic Sonic in Generation, it was a bit floaty, and I know some people didn't like that. So I think Sega took that on board too literally, and now he drops drops like an anvil when you jump in midair. Literally, you could be jumping, and he just go whoop straight down. Oh, I I died a lot just by jumping, like trying to platform, yeah. and that that shouldn't happen in a Sonic game. It's a goddamn platformer. It's... I shouldn't be dying while I'm trying to jump. I mean, especially in classic Sonic, Jesus Christ, you should not be dying in classic Sonic because of failing to do a platform jump. I know. Of all and things. That, and that, that's what pissed me off the most. And I think that, you know, you play the, the, you play some of the classic Sonic stages and you notice that these aren't finished, that these were rushed out. And it shows because, like, again, it's. Storyline tonally as well, you can tell with Classic Sonic, he did not need to be there. He did not serve nothing to the storyline or the purpose of the game. I know you could have just like you didn't need Classic Sonic. I don't know why they didn't they didn't just make this a modern Sonic game. Like I understand, yeah. like oh, it pisses me off because like why are you trying to pander to the people who who hate who hate uh, modern Sonic? Like why are you trying to pander to people who it... who hate modern Sonic by adding in like Classic Sonic and say, hey guys, uh, you know. If you hate those uh, modern Sonic stages, don't worry. We got, like, classic Sonic in this as well. I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't know what I mean. That's, like, outside of modern, outside of classic Sonic, I think the modern level Sonics are fine. I think there's some levels that design-wise look a bit dull in places. I would argue that. There's some some nice-looking levels, though, outside of it. Like, there's some really cool set pieces, like you grinding on the rails in space and seeing heading towards the death egg. I thought that was a really cool oh, image. I, I think, I think the death egg escape is my favorite stage in the entire game. I've, I think some of the levels, I've, how do you feel about this? I feel some of the levels are a little bit short in some ways. Like they could have been longer. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, 
mean, it, the game's, I mean, the game's longer than Sonic Generation by far, as game length-wise and level-wise. You get about 30 stages, if I'm not mistaken, and then, like, a bunch of, like, bonus stages as well on top of that. But I think that they... I don't know. I just feel that some of the stages could have been longer. Yeah, and they could I, I, can, I, can, I can see that. But, I, I mean, it didn't bother me, quite honestly. Uh, it didn't bother me entirely at all. But I think there were some just missed opportunities. Um, the other one, I think, was a missed opportunity. Because basically, you have a boss fight with Metal. You have a boss fight with Metal. You have a boss fight with... Um, oh, God, here's the guy from Lost, Lost World. Sazzle, whatever his name was. I can't remember his Z- name. Zarvok, I think it's the name. His name yeah, was, Zarvok. Just... Yeah. God, what, why you, game, all, all the Sonic villains over the years, you had to bring this douchebag back, really? <laughs> really? I, I think it's only because he has a unique character design. I think that's the only reason why. But again, you have a boss fight with him. Fair enough. You have a boss fight with Metal. But then you don't have, you don't really have a boss encounter with, like, with Shadow or Chaos for that matter. They were only just there as, like, oh, yeah, you remember this guy? Oh, yeah, you remember this guy? Yeah, you're not going to fight them, but here they are, which I thought was a missed opportunity. I would have loved a Chaos boss fight, because Chaos, yeah, Chaos is one of my favorite Sonic villains. Yeah, well, see, he only turns up in like two cutscenes, and that's like like two cutscenes, and he turns up at the end, and that's it. You don't even fight him. Yeah, I, I know. thought that was a missed opportunity. Although I do like the fact that that they brought back the Egg Dragoon, and it's one of the easier boss fights in the game. <laughs> Like yeah, that. that was kind of funny. Okay, I'll give you that sake. <laughs> yeah, I think the um, what is it? I thought the um, there was some stuff I thought was um a bit miss miss with the game as well. Um, I thought um the oh, I don't, there's just there's just some so much stuff that I. I got annoyed with in this game, but at the same time, I, I like it in other places. Like, I think the one thing I really like in it is the custom and character level. It's like the one feature I thought I was going to despise when I, when I get this game, I actually end up enjoying the most of. I honestly thought the character customization could have been a little bit better. Yeah, it could have been homed a bit better. Like, because when you put some items on the character, it looked like they're just floating in front of their faces, not actually attached to their bodies. Yeah, you know? like when you put on glasses, it just looks weird. Yeah. Yeah, just like little stuff like that. But apart from that, I thought they did a good enough job. They, they, they knew their fan base well enough for going through with this. I know a lot of people were peed off about it, but then once you start unlocking stuff, you start getting more things, so on, etc. You just sit there like, okay, I can see why they've done this now. Although I do have to call bullshit on the birds having do- the ability to double jump. I think that was completely stupid. I ended up um, choosing a bird as my character. <laughs> because it's like, I wanted oh. that double jump. I wanted that double jump. <laughs> uh, because you look at all the stat, you look at all the stats and the birds have the ability to double jump. I'm like, why? <laughs> I just went, I, I went with a bird character because I was just like, oh, you can double jump. That'd be helpful. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> Which I mean, I like and that, I, and I like the fact that that you you know you can that each race has its own ability, and I like the fact that each weapon, if you play the the the, the game and unlock different weapons, they have like different perks, and I like that. I mean that that attention to detail is very is very interesting because I didn't think that they would give us that type of detail, but they did, and and that's uh, and that's really good. But at the same time, it's like it just—it just kind of feels like, you know, could have been a little bit more, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, a, a lot of criticism. A lot of people were criticizing the boss fights, which I couldn't see why. Oh, the boss fair. fights are the best part of the game. To be quite honest, I think the boss fights in this are some of the best boss fights in a long time, in a modern Sonic game, anyway. Like I mean, yeah, sure, they're, they're, they're sure. I mean, sure, they're not as good as the ones in generations, but they're you know second. You know, at least the fi- at least the final boss in this one didn't fucking suck like the one in generations. Yeah, I will say that the final boss in this game was challenging as hell. Oh my god, that boss was a pain in the ass to beat. Oh, and, and um, I, I want to say this right now: anyone who says the final boss in this game is easy, fuck you. You're a lying piece of shit if you say that. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, it was hard in the sense that it was unfair hard. Oh, my God, you have to be so precise with your movements and so accurate when and know when the hit, when the hit, especially during the final stage when you're running after it as well. Oh, my God, that... Oh, the, it was, the final stage 
just pissed me off so much because it was so hard because they don't give you any rings. And if you one hit kill, one hit kill, one hit kill. Yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of people. It took me like 18 minutes to beat it, which is just, ugh. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, I liked it. I mean, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, I I think when it comes to people reviewing this game, I think the one thing that's been annoying me is basically a lot of the criticisms and have been saying, "Oh, why 3D Sonic games aren't?" Basically, they keep keep saying, "Why are they still making 3D Sonic games?" And I'm like, "Well, it's their choice. It's like you don't like the 3D Sonic game, don't play them." And I mean, if you just criticize and giving it a bad school, primarily just because it's 3D and not 2D, I'm just like, "Fuck off!" Seriously. Like, give me a proper reason. Say something like, oh, I don't like the physics. That's a good enough reason. Oh, I don't like the gameplay style. Fair enough. That's good. But if you're telling me you don't like the game just be- just because it's a free, it just because it's not, it's 3D and not because it, sh- it should stay 2D. Seriously. Fuck off. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's like one of the worst criticism I've seen with this game that people have been saying about it. And um, the one group of people I thought were going to give this a very bad review end up giving it, I say, a fair review, and that was IGN. I think they finally listened to criticism and, and hired someone who actually knew what the fuck they were talking about when it comes to Sonic. <laughs> yeah, I think he gave a fair score, um, 6.9. That's a fair score, I feel. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to defend this game saying it's, it's, it deserves a higher score. I. I mean, I thought, in my own personal mind, I, I would give, give this game a 7 out of 10 and a 6.9. Again, that's IGN. IGN, like, using weird numbers like that. But anyway, I just feel that that's a fair, fair, fair school. Yeah, because I didn't hate this game. I mean, I liked it. I mean, it had its, fa- it had its faults, but I, I don't see the blind hatred this game is getting for some of the stupidest shit. Like, I can't, look, it's, it's, I hate to use the current year argument because I think it's fucking stupid, but it's 20 goddamn 17 and we're still bitching about the fucking voice acting. Why? Is that seriously still going on? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I, I see people complaining about the voice acting, I'm like, it's, it's 2017, get over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, if you don't like the English, English uh, voice acting, switch it to Japanese, okay? Yeah, the options there. Um, I just, oh my god, that, that that does annoy me when I hear stuff like that. Um, speaking of voice acting, um, just going right late to story wise, I thought tonally it was all over the place, and it feels like that someone basically they had like a solid story. Someone came in and did re-edits that didn't need to be edited and stuff like that. And I feel the thing that annoys me about this game the most. I feel like for a long, long time, a lot of these Sonic games, um, story wise, they've never been like mind-blowing sort of realization games and stuff like that but i think this is the one sonic game i can argue that this this storyline of eggman taking over and capturing sonic and basically they're like an uprising to bring him down i would argue they had the best possibility of telling a very very good solid story and i think they dropped the ball on it in places you know I think the problem with it is like, this was a great chance for the, for the secondary characters to finally shine. And they just yeah. dropped the ball so hard with that. Well, they end up, they're all just ending up being talking heads at the most at the end of it. And then they do get some action towards the end of the game when they're basically that giant battle between Eggman's army and then against the resistance. And yeah, there was, there's so much good possibility of, fleshing out these characters and actually making a very good cohesive story and it, and it kind of, and it it kind of cool. like i know that this is going on to fan fiction type type territory but fuck you i think this would have been made a great story i wanted to see shadow and knuckles have like some sort of power struggle in the way to lead the resistance like one of those yeah. more you have knuckles who is more um, you know, focused and 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 strategical, while Shadow, being the hothead that he is, would you know say we need to go out and all out attack, and just yeah. like have some sort of character conflict within them. Yeah, and I think we haven't talked about this yet, but we did talk about this before we started recording. Was um, Infinite? I liked very the, cool character. I liked him very a lot. Cool I liked him a lot. 
And then I played Episode Shadow. <laughs> oh. I just mean, when you play for the main game, very cool character. I don't know, I can't, I don't know who voices him. Does uh, a Liam, very good Liam, job. Liam, Liam O'Brien does the voice. Oh, there you go then. That's the reason why it's so bloody good. Um, again, very good voice, very good dialogue, very good interaction with Robotnik as well, because there's like a power struggle towards the end of Info, basically, oh, if Info going to throw Robotnik is Robotnik sort of thing. And they do tw- do a twist to it towards the end of the game, which I like. That basically turns out basically Robotnik overthrow Infinite and basically takes his power for himself. And I thought that was kind of cool. And I, um, and, I, and, I, and I was happy that they didn't kill him off because I'm like, this character is so cool. You cannot have him just appear in one game. I want to see him be a recurring antagonist because yeah. this is the, like, probably one of the coolest villains we've had in the Sonic game in years. And I kind of want to see more of him, to be quite honest. Yeah, he's probably the best villain they've brought in since Shadow in that saying something. Um... Now, here's the problem, though. Once you play Episode Shadow, you find out Infinite's origins. Oh, boy. Um, they're kind of ruining it a little bit, but I, I, I'll let you speak about this, because you've got more to say about it than I do. I mean, it, you play you play the main story, and, and, you, and you don't know anything about Infinite. That's what makes him so cool. It's like, he, you, all you know is, like, he's an experiment of Eggman, right? And you're like, oh, how does he have this power? What's the Phantom Ruby? Yada, yada, yada. And then you play Episode Shadow, and then you find out, oh, he's just an edgy character who is just pissed off because Shadow called him weak. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the memes that come out because of this have been fucking hilarious. But I I thought, you know what would have been more cooler, what they should have done? Maybe basically have like, cause, um, you do have Omega in the game and he is in episode Shadow more than he is in the actual main game. Um, have Shadow go off. Maybe this guy is like a rookie, like your main antagonist character is. And then maybe Shadow fucks up and this new, this rookie he had underneath his wing for the whole entire game gets captured and then get experimented on by Robotnik. Because he showed potential. And the sad that thing could've... is, and the sad thing is, they released a prequel comic with Infinite with Eggman, and it's miles better than any of this shit. Oh, got in it is. <laughs> yeah, because he's like a commando or something like that of like a resistance group and everything like that, and it was really well done. And again, the reason why it was done well because it was written by Ian Flynn. <laughs> That's the reason why it was done well. I'm like, can, can, after reading that, I'm like, can, can Infinite be a character in the new IDW series, please? I want to see more of this Infinite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could have told, what I just said there, what I just told, what I just said there about maybe it was like under Shadow's wing, basically Shadow was showing him the ropes and stuff like that. You would give him much more apparent storyline. So when he does go up against this new rookie, he can say stuff. He's like, oh, oh why do you follow these these blind fools and stuff like that. They just leave you nothing to blah, blah, blah. And then you can have a real good conflict there and you can think to yourself, okay, why is he saying that? Why is he saying that? And when you do go to play episode show, you're like, oh my God, I can see why now he doesn't like the resistance. Conflict. Action. That's what we want. And he didn't deliver on it. It's Again, it's a shame because, I mean, look, I still like the character. I still think he's cool. Jokes and memes aside, but again, it's just another example of Sega dropping the ball hard with a villain. Yeah. And, and it just and it just sucks, man. But I will say this: despite that, I'm glad we got a Sonic game where Eggman is finally fucking competent, and he's the main villain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was so well rewarded, and like the ending, I, I, I thought, oh my god, they're teasing the fact that Infant's going to overthrow Eggman. No, he doesn't. Eggman takes his takes infinite power and uses it. The power is giant robot. He's going to try to squash you. And I'm like, oh my god, that's perfect. And I love the fact you that, know? that that in that in this in this version, I love the fact that finally Eggman is like, okay, if I'm going to lose, everyone loses, and just like says, okay, you're all going to die by the power of the sun. He's going to drop the sun on top of him. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and I like that because it goes back to um, Sad Am Robotnik. Sonic Sad Am yeah. Robotnik, where. I remember that one episode where he has him, and you know he, he he all he has to do is push the button and and he kills him. But he also kills himself, and he does not hesitate by pushing the button. And I love that so much. Uh, I'm not. That's what I like about it. This Robotnik, it was a lot more confident, a little bit more darker. He still has his 
humorous moments. But again, I think Sagar with with that sort of storytelling, what they're doing, I think it needed, and it was done really, really well. I I really and, like and, it. And plus, it's it's nice because we finally get to hear Mike Pollock do um uh, uh do a version of Eggman who is much more closer to the Archie Comics version of Eggman, which I like. Yeah, I I argue that. Yeah. Um, overall, I think Sonic Forces is a game that's good, but I think it missed the margin in some places. A game that could have been better, but I would say nowhere near as bad as Rise of Lyric, and definitely nowhere as bad as Sonic 06. With I have seen some people saying, "Oh my god, this game is as bad as Sonic 06 and Rise of Lyric." Everyone is saying that seriously. Go and play a fucking go and fucking replay those games. Those games are diabolical, and I think in that sense. Uh, I think with Sonic, I think Sonic, if Sonic has another Sonic 06 or has another Sonic Lies of the Lyric, I think it's not going to survive <laughs> its duration. This game, it's not one of those. One of those, I think it, if it does have another one of those style games of being that much of a disaster, I think Sega is going to be in very, very deep shit with Sonic. But this game is nowhere near, near that margin. And I, think, and I think the best thing I can say about this game is like, Say what you will about it in you know, quality and whatnot, but it ends on a very good note because it opens up, you know, a new a new series of stories that they can tell going forward. Yeah. And it's, oh yeah, and, and it's and it's and it's nice to finally have some sort of fucking continuity in these fucking games. Yeah, I've almost they did some retcon in this game by basically by saying that classic Sonic is from another dimension, which I don't get why they done that. Who who fucking knows? I mean, I know why who, they did it because people are so uh, because you know fucking Sonic fanboys are like, oh, I don't understand how fucking uh, classic Sonic becomes modern Sonic when they look so different. Fuck off. Yeah, I, I mean, and then, and then there's that terrible pun with Sonic saying, oh my god, classic, it's like, oh my god, I'm a Sonic, I haven't seen you in generations, and I'm like, I think the, I think the ha. line, I think the line, I think the line that, that made me cringe the most was, was Amy going, for no reason whatsoever, going, having two Sonics is so dreamy. Oh god, oh my god, I don't, want, I don't care whoever wrote that, they knew what they were writing. They knew exactly what they were doing when they put that line in. That's all and, I'm gonna say. And, it, and it's and it sucks because I'm so used to the voice actors voicing the other Amy in Sonic Boom, the the Amy I like, and and hearing yeah. her and hearing her say something so fucking awful just pisses me off. This the one. That's one of the few things that Boom did right. They actually made Amy very very likable and very much more. Like- <laughs> funny and likable <laughs> i'm not saying amy's a bad character from the original game but she can get a bit irritating time to times but the boom one they managed to tone her down quite a bit and a really likable character i still love one of my favorite jokes in that series is like um you know um she tails asks for for advice and she says you gotta ask a, a woman for advice and he's like oh no any girls i'm a woman you heartless jerk <laughs> I love Amy. I love Amy. That show. She is one of the best characters. Um, but yeah, I think overall Sonic Forces could have been better, but not a bad Sonic game by 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 far. Yeah, no, just, I mean, I, would, yeah, I, would, just, I wouldn't say it's like the. War- I mean, I was worried going into this because I was like, "Oh my god, it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be fucking awful." Because they did the marketing for this was not very good, and I was worried about it and. And and I went into it and I'm like, okay, you know, I like this. It's not it's not terrible, but it's not you know great either. I mean, it's it's middle of the road, and I like it. And I don't understand why the Sonic fandom is just like acting like this is the worst game ever. Sonic is dead, yada yada yada, blah blah blah. And I'm like, you know, you do you guys do, you guys do realize Sonic Mania came out like. You know, back in August, right? You know, you don't have to play this if you don't want to. You can just play Sonic Mania if you, if you want. You know, you you fix a classic Sonic, right? Yeah, I mean, and also you got a bunch of replayability with classic with Mania as well. Because you can play through Sonic, you play through his Knuckles, you play through his Tails. You can get all the Chaos Emblems with them, so 
Just saying. Got know. a lot of replay value there. And and another thing I don't get is like why people keep saying that this game is short when I am like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't the classic Sonic games short as well, you know? Yeah, look, I mean, that's, that's my point, my only nitpick. I wish the game was a bit longer, but again, it's longer than Generations, but not as long as, like, I would say, like, Colors or Lost Well, for that matter. And, and, and man, I'm just, thank fuck it's not as long as fucking 06. Holy fuck. <laughs> 06 was just a pain to get through. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get started on 06 or because I would, I would be here all day. Okay, so that's enough Sonic talk for this for this episode. Let's move on to some other weird news. Well, not weird news, but like news that I think we should cover because everyone's going to scream at us if we don't. It, our old buddy Bendis has finally decided to to jump ship from Marvel. Oh, okay. Here's my theory, right? Bendis has been there for, what is it, like 18 years, 18, 15 years, right? Writing stuff for him, right? Mm-hmm. And... I think he was gunning for that editor job because I think recently, a few years, I don't know if it was like last year or two years ago, there's an editor that stepped down and I think Bendis wanted that editor, uh, Marvel editor job. And I think Marvel did not give it to him. I think he didn't get it. And after that, he started posting a lot of stuff on his Twitter, on social media about these DC stuff. I think all he was doing, he was waiting for his contract to run out, and then he can jump over DC straight away. I I kind of I kind of knew what he was doing with that because you look at his his most recent stuff that he wrote, it's pretty terrible even by his standards. I mean, usually Bendis, while 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 you know you know very terrible now, he isn't this lazy. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, what's going on there? Because this is the writing has been getting a lot lazier, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Did did someone at Marvel piss him off because he's not putting in any work at all? I mean, if you want, if you want, if you want, if you want a good example, go read Ironheart. He did not give a fuck when writing that book. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just feel that he didn't get the editing job. He stopped caring. He wrote a bunch of stuff in advance, and he basically just sat there waiting for his um, contract to aspire. That's and, pretty much and, what he and, did. And people need to realize this is a big deal because Bendis was one of the few writers who had a, an exclusive contract with Marvel. Yeah, and he's been around it's, it's, since two thousand three, I would say. No, um, he's been around since two thousand because that's when Spider Man Ultimate started. Ultimate Spider-Man originally, and well, he started I, writing I for that. I didn't read his work yeah. until 2003, so... Yeah, exactly, I can understand that. But he has done so much for Marvel. Again, you just have to look at the Ultimate Universe. He's pretty much practically created that universe and wrote most of the content for that universe, for instance. He created Miles Morales, um, he did Jessica Jones, I know off the top of my head. Um, Ironheart was another one. Um, Infamous Iron Man. There's another one as well. Um, no, he didn't write he has, Miss Iron Man. That was someone else. No, okay, fair enough. Um, he did, no, he no, did no, do no, Iron Man. Sh- 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 shit, that was Sinister Iron Man. Sorry. Fuck. Yeah. Mixing them up. <laughs> yeah. So he has done so much for the company, and I feel that he didn't get this editing gig that he wanted to. Essentially, he, he wanted to pay. He basically wanted to work his way up the corporate ladder. He didn't get it. He's going over to DC because he's like, well... I'm a big comic book writer. I don't want to go back to the indies. I want to stay on like the same level, go work my way up that level. So he went over to DC, which is not a bad choice. Now, here's the problem with Bendis. I think the biggest criticism I can give to him. He cannot write crossovers worth shit. Crossovers, continuity. All Staying I'm, within like, a continuity. Like all I'm, all I want DC to do is just like, please, 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 give him a set of rules. Keep him on a leash, please. That would mean it's like when he is going to go over the DC. Um, I, I think we should talk about this. Um, which books do you think he's going to do? Uh, he's going to write for Superman or Batman. That'd be fucking stupid not to let him write for Superman or Batman at some point. I, I think Justice League, because. 
that's the one book for DC that hasn't really done well for them, oddly since Rebirth. They have good that has that book has had the most writers since since they started Rebirth up. I be uh, well, there are two versions of Justice League, right? Where the yeah, there's like, two versions. There's well, they were planning the, they were planning to do J, um, JOA, which has not come come for fruition yet because I think the original guy they had planned for that dropped out of it. So maybe Bendis, so, can, maybe Bendis is going to pick, pick up that book. Yeah, I think he's going to pick that book, or he's going to hop on straight to do Justice League, or he might do both for that matter. Because then you're giving him a bunch of characters to play with in that sense. Or the other one, I, the other one which I saw people mention, which would be kind of interesting for him to do, is um, if he does like a maybe does like a Earth One book, maybe. I, I would say let him do that because it's set in its own continuity and it and it doesn't affect the yeah. current continuity and and that that's. That's the best bet with Bendis. Like, just have yeah. him have do his own do his own shit in his own continuity. You know. Yeah, I mean, out of the two Earth One stuff, um, out of the Earth One stuff, I think I would like to see him do is either Green Arrow or the Question. I think he'd be quite good at writing for as well. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's hard. The thing is that Bendis has a lot of ties to people in Hollywood, so you know. With DC picking him up, it is good because he has a lot of tie with producers and writers and directors in Hollywood, for that matter. So he does have a lot of influence in that side of the media, you know? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I'm, just I'm just worried that he's going to write a crossover. I'm just so fucking worried yeah. that he's going to write a crossover. Well, we have to wait and see on that, but I think... I think with, cause the thing is, the thing I'm worried about is continuity and he is not the greatest person at keeping continuity. Um, basically, if he's the type of person, basically everyone's on a team, everyone's on a team saying, okay, we know what the continuity is. He's that one guy who'd be like, oh, I want to write my own. No, Bendis, you need to keep it within this continuity. No, no, I'm going to write this. That completely breaks the continuity. No, I'm going to. And at the moment with Rebirth, it's such a tight-knit continuity. And I think he's the one person, if they do bring him board, he can break, he will break that continuity board, you know? Yeah, I mean, because, what was it? Rebirth, the whole point of Rebirth was just to, to give this book, these books a stronger sense of continuity because previously there was no sense of continuity. Yeah. But now there and, is, and, then, and, in, and to have yeah. Bendis come in and fuck it up, it's just like, oh, God. But I think the clever thing how DC got around that is basically they say, they've been saying stuff like, oh, did this happen? Maybe. Did this stuff happen? Yeah. Did this stuff happen? Maybe. They have not just been saying no, which I like. That's how they've been getting around these whole continuity problems. And with the missing 10 years as well, you can argue, okay, did this happen or did this happen? You, you know, you can elaborate on it and you can leave it there. And then a writer can come in and be like, okay, this has happened. And then they can write it in the way they want to, you know? And I like what they did with the fact that they brought in classic Superman into this new into this new reality. That opened up a lot yeah. of room for new stories to be told with this with classic Superman in this new world. Well, I mean, they merged him with the new fifty fifty two Superman, so they took all the bits that worked from the classic um, priest fifty two Superman with the fifty two Superman, and it still works. And I, like the, and I like the fact that he he's in this world, and, and originally he didn't want to be Superman, but then he's like, okay, this world needs a Superman, and I, you know, I sure as shit ain't gonna let Lex Luthor be this world Superman. Yeah, he basically—that's uh, I guarantee that was the only trick. He basically sits sit there and went, you know what? I don't need to be Superman. Lex Luthor come out. I am the new Superman. He went, oh hell no, bitch. Yeah, I know because that that's that actually happens in like the 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 in the first comic where you know he sees Lex Luthor on TV declare he's the new Superman because this this Earth this Earth Superman is dead and he's like oh no yeah. that ain't going <laughs> that ain't going down that ain't going down the way it is <laughs> uh, and then he shaves his beard and then you know puts on the new costume and there you go yeah I mean I just I mean I think Bender's going to it I think. I think there is a bit of a power struggle within Marvel at the moment with their comic book writing staff. There is a miscomplacency within Marvel. Oh, I you feel mean they're actually that... hiring people that don't write comics to write comics. <laughs> well, I think it's not, I think it's not that. I think basically they're hiring way too many writers and not enough editors. Oh God, yeah, the editing in the book is awful. 
Yeah, because um, they were speaking to, what is it? I think they were speaking to one of the female editors from Marvel, and they found out recently, guess how much she edits? How much? Okay, she edits all the Star Wars books that they do. Then she also edits all the team-up books. And then she edits um, the female superheroes. So imagine how many books that is she has to edit every single month. Holy crap. That's one person's load. There's not enough editors. And the writers, I think the writers at Marvel got too much power. Yeah, I mean, the God, this is my problem. It's like they let them get away with so much shit. I mean, say what you will about DC, but after the New 52 didn't work, they actually fucking started cracking down on writers saying, okay, you can't do this. You can't do that. And it worked a lot better because it, it created a more a tighter continuity. Yeah. I mean, Marvel at the moment with their comic division, I think there's a miscomplacency with the writers because they feel like, oh, no, we don't need editors because we're doing the films right now. And we're getting shitload of money because of that. And we can write whatever we want. And eventually, I'm just, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Marvel films, but eventually that bubble's going to burst. And what happened when that bubble burst? Oh, you mean it already hasn't? Because, you know, we had three Marvel movies come out and only one of them has been successful at the box office. The well, other two I underperformed. Was, well, <laughs> well, I know the other two underperformed, but I'm just saying that bubble has officially burst. As of yet, it, 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 I think it all comes down to how Infinity War does. Because if that film underperforms, yes, I will officially say that bubble has burst. Because that's what they're putting most of their money into, is that Infinity War film. Oh yeah, I mean, because they haven't... Because they, I think the problem is, like, they, they let fucking idiots like Spencer get too much power and too much reign to do whatever yeah. the fuck he wanted and... Look at his Captain America run. It's a complete mess because no one no one has the gall to tell him, no, don't do this. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these writers write these very, I would argue some of them do write very good stories, but then they don't know how to end it. <laughs> you know, they just want to keep it going and going and going and going. It was like, oh, God's sake, here we go. And um, I think the other problem, I think, with Marvel as well, I think a lot of their writers are going to be leaving soon. Dan, I think Brian Michael Bender is the biggest one, but I, I think the next person going to be leaving is um, Dan Slott. Good, because I'm getting tired of his shit on Spider-Man. Yeah, well, because have you noticed on his Twitter page when he is not, when he isn't rant or raving at the fans or the critics about something, um, he's been publicizing a lot of DC comic book stuff. Well, that's fucking hypocritical coming from him. Yeah. Again, with the professionalism. <laughs> God. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny that, that all of a sudden he's, he's pro DC when the past couple of years he's been doing nothing but shitting on DC, um, on Twitter. Especially when it came to their movie division. Holy shit, where he called, what was it? Where he called Batman versus Superman worse than the fucking Holocaust? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Which is just disgusting, yeah. which is a fucking disgusting comment, and the fact that he gets hired to even do anything after saying shit like that. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think at the moment, I think with Marvel, they need... They just need... They, they need editors. They need some really editor to crack down on their writers, and possibly maybe some new new blood with writers. And the problem is... Uh, Marvel's not been having good luck with their writers because you just have to look at the continuity. You just have to look at their track record for the last few years. It's like you had one writer basically writing racial swerves and stuff within within the artwork and stuff like that, and oh, what within, was it? with the text. Oh god, what was it? Um, I think the problem, another problem, is like they hired people who are who who don't have a background in comics. You don't know what comics are. And they don't tell them what they want from them, and they just write whatever. They're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, fucking Mockingbird is the best example of this. Oh, God, I hate that book. That book well, was I mean, it, was, it pretty much the book got cancelled maybe after that um, cover controversy, to be honest. And and and, the, it, uh, and it didn't and it didn't help. Like after that book got cancelled, the writer went on fucking Twitter, shat on the entire industry, 
and then just deleted her account. Yeah. It just like, I mean, I'm, this is the person you, you want as your martyr? Okay. <laughs> person who just yeah. shat on, shat on the industry, said the industry was awful, everything, and, and she didn't meet any, any nice person in it, and blah, 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 blah. All because her book got canceled. Which is, again, is just what so I'm, immature because so many people, Who've worked in the industry have gotten their books cancelled and none of them have gone on fucking Twitter tangents about it. What do I mean? It's like I mean I don't mind them getting writers outside of comic books. Sometimes sometimes it does work out. Look at the guy who wrote Vision, for instance. He wasn't really much of a comic book writer to begin with in the first place. And also the guy who did Daredevil. It's like there's some cases that has worked, but there's other cases that it has not worked that well at all. I think the problem is like you can't get you, you can't get someone who who's who writes novels to write a comic book cuz writing yeah. a novel is different than writing a comic book. The thing with a comic is that it's very I don't want to say it but it's very reactionary basically every single time you put out an issue you need to kind of react to how your sales are and what your reviews like then you basically you know what sort of path it is. You can tell a cohesive story and follow that story path to the end, but you need to react to said criticism when it comes down to it because basically people saying, oh, this sucks, and you don't change it, people are going to stop buying your books, you know? Well, that's I mean, the whole point. I mean, that, that's, and that's been Marvel's MO for the entire year now. Their sales have been dropping, and they've just like been blaming other they've been blaming they've been blaming everyone but themselves with their poor decisions it's like oh well you know we're failing because of diversity people don't want diversity which is complete bullshit because you know the problem isn't diversity the problem is you keep shitting out all these new character books every single month and not giving readers a chance to fucking breathe yeah basically you bring out these new characters and not developing them in the sense of like was it the biggest example is Ironheart, for instance. She literally came out of nowhere, and, and then we in, straight away after Tony died, she instantly became Iron Man. And we, we as readers, just had to sit there and be like, "Okay, why? Why does she earn the mantle of becoming Iron Man?" You know, it's like, for instance, like one that did did work very well. I thought was Falcon. It's like, okay, you build him up to be the new Captain America. Well done. That's good. That's how you do it. But you don't bring in a brand new character with no slate whatsoever and just tell readers, okay, this, this is going to be who it is. And you're going to have to accept it. Like another character, another few characters I can think of that they did. Well, the, probably the most best example was Miles Morales to take on the mantle of being Spider-Man. Cause when you go back and read his original run back in the Ultimate universe, he didn't wear the, his actual Spider-Man costume until like the end of the first arc, you know. I mean, and he built him up to to take on that mantle. I mean, yeah, that was back when Bendis gave a shit about him before he turned him into a fucking Mary Sue, who, who was just perfect in every way. <coughs> yeah, and another one I thought they did a reasonably good job with is um, they didn't had her in anything beforehand, but I thought Miss Marvel they did it. Early on, they did a good job with introducing her to become Miss Marvel because she doesn't doesn't gain her superpowers straight away in the comic, and then she doesn't even don her costume properly or take up the mantle Miss Marvel until the end of the first story arc. And when you and bring just, in these characters, and then it just went down the shitter after that. It had like a really decent start, and then it just went down the fucking shitter. Again, it went down when they did um, see, um Secret Walls. I argue that. <laughs> and then it did kind of get back on track and then it went off track again because of Secret Wars 2. Funny that um, books books decline and not doing that well when Marvel do big massive crossover events and they ha- have to tie into them somehow. Yeah, I know. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if the writers are like, oh, fine. <laughs> and then they can't do what they want to do. And now you know why Bendis, and it doesn't help because Bendis fucking refused to address the Captain America shit in Civil War 2. Oh god, he didn't do anything. It's, oh my god, yeah. 
Because he's like, okay, here's here's your fucking Captain America thing. He only appears in like one panel, being killed by killed off by Miles Morales. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But but no, I think Marvel needs to get their shit together, and and I think what 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 I think what what Bendis leaving Marvel means is that you're gonna see more of their writers who have contracts with them. We're gonna see a mass exit exodus sooner or later because I think people are gonna people over there are starting to realize that hey, if Bendis can leave and get better opportunities elsewhere, then why can't we? I reckon Dan Slott's going to be the next one to go. I would imagine so. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine anyone. I mean, and and Bendis isn't isn't the first one who who left. I think uh, what was it back in 2015 um, when they did Secret Wars? Uh, Jonathan Hickman, who is a fantastic fucking writer, wanted you know had a great idea for what he wanted to do with with Secret Wars. I mean, he he wrote that story with a reboot in mind. But then Marvel said, no, you can't reboot the universe, and then he, and he just walked out. And it's a shame. Yeah, pretty much. He, and it's a shame because he was one of the last good writers they had, and now he's he's off doing independent work for Image. Yeah. I mean, he's doing independent work. He hasn't done much, to be honest, to be honest. Well, he hasn't done a lot, but apart from working for Image, and that's kind of bad, you know. I mean, no. I mean, that's good because with Image, he has creative freedom yeah. to do whatever the fuck he wants. And east of and yeah, east of, and, and east of west, I, I will say this right now: east of west is like one of my favorite comics ever. It's a fantastic comic. If you have not read it, read it. It's great. So yeah, yeah. Well, I can see. I mean, and and I and I think that's what's going to happen with other writers now. Like they're going to leave and they're going to look for other opportunities elsewhere because. Marvel is not is not the be all end all to to comics anymore. They're not. No. And and now they're going to realize that with 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 uh, Bendis leaving, it's like okay, if Bendis can leave with little to no consequence, then we we can too. We can just go to um, to DC or Image. You know. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Or or Dark Horse. You know. They can go off and do do their own thing. It's like it's nothing wrong with that. You know, if they want to do it, they want to do it. If they want to jump ship over the DC, they can jump over the ship to DC. If people are not happy with DC, they can jump over the Marvel, go indie. It's 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 how the industry working at the moment. And the thing is now, it's like, and now I think what I like about the industry now, I think the only positive I can think of with the industry now is like anyone can get their work published without without being part of a major publisher. You know, thanks to stuff like Comixology Submit, you can submit your own story for people to read. And if and if it finds an audience, it finds an audience. And if it doesn't, then, you know, at least it got published without without having to go through, to, through like, rejection letters and, and stuff like that, you know? Which I like. I like the fact that, yeah. that, that we can um, we can do that as writers now. So, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, um, we'll we'll see what happens with Bendis and, at at DC. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens and stay updated. I guess I'll update you when when we get when we have when we have more information on what what he's going to be writing. So yeah, <clears throat> that's that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one last thing before we go, it's also comic book related. Um, it's kind of weird we actually talked about Teenage Ninja Turtles last week with the news of of the new um, of the new uh, show, and now we get more TMNT news. Uh, there, all of the turtles are DLC for Injustice Two, which I did not see that coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Well, I mean, considering that was it with Normal Combat X, the most random characters they added into those games were horror movie icons and stuff like that. With this one, it's like, okay, comic book characters, and you got... Yeah, I would say no. You cannot argue that you did not see the Teenage Mutant Ninja The one thing I was really surprised about, did you notice that their designs are based on the original movie design from the first film? Because uh, New Line is owned by is owned by I, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers, yeah. and uh, they were the distributors of the the original movie. Yeah, 
and it was quite funny. <laughs> it is, it's cool. Um, it's going to be interesting though. So are the turtles are uh, all one character? So do you switch between each of them for different fighting styles and different special? How, how how's that going to work? I think they're going to do what they did with the robots in Mortal Kombat X, where they just had one character and you just picked variants of them. Okay, that'd be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see that. Ah, I I hope I hope I hope that like, you know. Have you played Injustice Two? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, beaten uh, it. Yeah, I played uh, it. Yeah. Um, you do realize? I mean, uh, for those who have not played Injustice Two, they know that there's you know customization and and you can change the colors, the characters. I'm hoping yeah. there's a black and white color variant of them because I want them to look oh, like the Mirage cur- tar- Turtles. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see. Actually, you can get Mirage version of the thing. All knowing then, they'd probably put those those in, and probably in the modern Turtle movie designs as well. Maybe who knows? But they don't own the rights to those. Oh, they don't. Okay, I don't know. Maybe they only they only own they only own the rights to the original movies because if you own those movies on if you own those movies on home media, they were released by Warner Brothers. Yeah, but every uh, but every other incarnation has been released by Lionsgate and Nickelodeon and Viacom. Yes, so essentially, yeah, they could do a Mirage black and white version of them. Yeah, I could see that. But good on them for for getting the. I mean, I think that's that's a great way for them to to keep to to get these characters in the game by, by avoiding copyright because they're like, okay, you know, well, we technically own the 1990 versions of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they appeared. Uh, you know, with by New Line, and we own them, and you know, <laughs> we can use them, and they did, and that's a clever way to get past copyright, and and, that, and that's why people who are yeah. wondering, who, and that's why people who are wondering, like, why, why, why is Hellboy? What does Hellboy look like his his uh, comic book counterpart, and why doesn't he look like the movie counterpart? Is because, um, uh, uh what was it? Is because. Uh, Warner, Line, Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers does not own the movie rights to to Hellboy. Yeah, they yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward, and they're going to add like a bunch of comic book characters left, right, and center. Have you heard the biggest one? Apparently, Spawns. Have they announced Spawn yet, or have, have it just been rumored? Um, no, this was the final combat pack. This, these are the oh, final, final combat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, fair I, mean, enough. I say fi- I say final, but maybe they'll pull a Mortal Kombat X and have like one. A, a, another version have one final one yeah yeah because we uh last year uh two years ago back in 2015 we thought uh we had like uh we thought we were done with them but then we got like predator leatherface uh jason Voorhees, and freddy yeah, krueger yeah yeah we got we got all those characters so and and ed and ed boom and ed boone has said like they have they have plans for content to keep this going until next year so we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah, I I can see um, adding someone like Spawn or someone from that sort of era of comic books into it as well. Yeah, and I can I'm, see it, and I'm, I like the fact that they're pushing the envelope with these characters, like having a character like Adam. I was like, oh, how is Adam going to work? And then you you watch the gameplay footage of him, and it's like that is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's again injustice. I enjoyed it for what it was, and they did learn a lot of stuff. What they learned from Mortal Kombat. X and in, in the first Injustice game and home their craft in this this one. I think that's ha- just my I mean, hands down is my favorite fighting game of this year. Hands down, I don't think I played a what Injustice. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think I played a fighting game I really liked as much as this. Yeah, that's 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 fair enough. Comment and I mean I played quite a few fighting games this year actually. Now thinking about it, it it's been a good year for fighting games actually. Now thinking about it, I know it's, which is weird. Well, I mean. You know, fucking marvel versus capcom but well again they all can't be good now can they <laughs> yeah well i mean i was it i think i had the option at one point by say we get i would get marvel versus capcom tekken 7 i went for tekken 7 <laughs> which was a decent fighting game actually i actually enjoyed that quite a bit that was okay yeah tekken tag team was better but yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I, <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, I miss Tekken Tag. Oh, I miss Tekken Tag. I'm, I, I swear because I'm not a fan of the, the the normal Tekken, but I'm a fan of Tekken Tag. I don't know why. Yeah, that I mean is. the last the last Tekken Tag game they did was actually really good. 
I know. It's like, oh, can you make another Tekken tag? I don't like the main series. I, I want another Tekken tag, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> it's, it's how it goes. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, and um, we'll, we'll, we should be getting Hellboy soon, so I'm looking forward to, to that. I mean, well, any reason for me to go back and play Injustice is a good enough reason, and uh, that's that. Yeah, boy. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? No, I, I, I think we're good. Okay, then. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye.